Hello, Scorpio friends. I'm Annie Botticelli, and welcome to my Scorpio May 2023 Astrology Horoscope Forecast. The theme of this month, because we've got an eclipse, a lunar eclipse in your sign, is dramatic endings, and we'll go into more details about that. Plus, there are many other things to discuss that are relevant for you this month. This is for you if Scorpio is your sun sign, your moon sign, your rising sign, or any other Scorpio placement you are watching for. And if you are very late to grieve, friends, so if your birthday is around November 15th through the rest of the sign, or you have a Scorpio placement around 23 degrees through the rest of the sign, I suggest you additionally listen to my Sagittarius report, as your very late to grieve friends will also benefit from that one. Okay, so let's just get right into it. I guess one more thing I should mention is if you are listening to the podcast version and you hear me referring to visuals, you can see those visuals on my YouTube channel. Just go to Annie Botticelli and look for the Scorpio May 2023 uh, report. And if you are watching the visuals and you're one of those people who does not enjoy the charts, you can either scroll up on your screen so that the, you know, the visual is away, um, or you can search for Astro Kisses with Annie Botticelli to get the podcast version so that you don't have to watch the visuals. Okay, so Scorpio eclipse cycle. Let's give a little background. 2021 through the end of 2023 is the storyline for this Taurus Scorpio eclipse cycles. Eclipses are occur along, it's called the ecliptic, and this is the place where the transiting north and south node energies are, which are directly related to our highest expression in this lifetime and our karma. So our karma and our dharma. And that's bad karma, good karma, family karma, soul karma, whatever it is, it's there. So eclipse time is a time when all of this unconscious karmic um, layers, all of these unco- uh, unconscious karmic layers, but burst up into the conscious realm in order for it to be cleared. Okay, so the first thing to know about this time, even though you all are in the hot seat more than any other sign in the zodiac right now, that you can clear a massive amount of karma. Okay, patterns that have been holding you back your whole life. Um, anything that has changed your belief systems consciously or unconsciously or affected those belief systems that is causing you to have less joy and be less in your highest expression can be burned off in an instant at this time. Now, what's involved with doing that might not be things that you want, um, but they might be things that you want. Okay. So this is a time of high drama. Now I'm not an alarmist. I'm a Sagittarius optimist. I'm always looking for the positives, even from the challenges, but I don't sugarcoat things. So, you know, if somebody, if a sign is in for, in for it, I've got to let you know. Now don't, let that make you afraid because first of all, there are lots of other things going on that are beneficial for you all, like major, major, major positive stuff that we're going to talk about as well. But you're definitely in the hot seat. This is the second to last eclipse in the cycle and things are wrapping up and they have to do with other people's money, shared money and your individual autonomy. Okay. That's the basic summary, whether it's spousal money, marital money, family money, inheritances, sweepstakes, lotto, winnings, government money, business shared money, you know, investments, 
anything like that. And this also rules other resources like spiritual and psychological resources and relationship connections that are not necessarily financial, emotional connections. So there are going to be endings because this is a lunar eclipse and something is being burned off here. All right, so everybody in the Zodiac is going to see things from this, whether they're conscious of it or not. Sometimes things, these things work more on a deep level where we don't see the outward things, but we feel changes inside. But for many of you, this is going to be very, very obvious. And the closer you are to 14 degrees, so we'll say 9 degrees through 19 degrees, the closer to 14, the more dramatic effects and notable effects you're going to get from this. Okay, so that's basically our friends right at the end of October. So, you know, Halloween babies, you know, near there through around November 9th or 10th. And then the closer you are to like November 4th or 5th, the more you're in the hot seat. Now, remember, this can actually be a good thing too. Let's say you're in a terrible relationship. Maybe it's violent. Maybe it's uh, abusive, this can be the ending of that relationship. This could be the time where your empowerment comes and you step out of it. Maybe you have a terrible addiction or something that's holding you back. This eclipse can eclipse that out and free you into unimaginable levels of joy and uh, personal expression. So, but it is intense, okay? And what is at stake is other people's stuff versus your autonomy and your individual income and self-sufficiency. And that is the big storyline also wrapped up here because this is happening in the first house for you opposing the seventh house. Plus you can see this very full seventh house. It's about relationships. It's not just the resources, which is like the, the eighth house stuff. It's also relationships. And you can also see that there's, or say that there's a polarity having to do with logic, you know, which is Taurus practicality versus intuition, you know, your inner world versus your outer world your intuition versus logic. So there's a lot going on here. Relationships are going to feature very strongly and there are going to be a lot of changes. Now, again, this could be positive. This could be a new chapter. Like for instance, you are having, you and your partner are having a baby. So what's being eclipsed out is your life with your partner without a child and you're bringing in the child, right? So you can see these endings don't have to be bad but they often will be at least bittersweet. Um, and in some cases, you'll just be ready to move on from it and be grateful for the positive change. A lot of the changes that tend to come from eclipses are non-negotiable, meaning you actually don't have say in them. They're out of your control. The only thing you can control is what you do with the information that comes in and the perspective you have about it. For some context, think back to the end of 2012 or late 2012 through 2014. And then even further, late 2002 through early 2005, what was going on then? Now, remember, not everything going on then is going to repeat as a theme or necessarily happen again because there were astrological factors that were at play during that time that are not at play now. But there will likely be themes along the fronts of this me, we, my stuff, our stuff, your stuff, merging, shifting, uh, occurring. And those are the types of themes that will return. And, you, and they've been in process since 2021. So a lot of these things have been building. They're not necessarily surprises, although 
some shock waves can be felt because sometimes things have been brewing for this time and nobody knew about them. And then, you know, the volcano is sort of now. If you'd like to dive deeper into understanding the eclipses, go to Annie Botticelli uh, on YouTube, my homepage, and look, scroll down for my eclipse uh, playlist. And so everyone look for eclipses in Scorpio video. Okay, because I go into lots more ways this can manifest. It, there are way too many things to cover as to the possible manifestation. So if you want to have a more thorough look at that, look at my Eclipses in Scorpio video. And then also everybody in the Scorpio zone, look at my Eclipses in Aries or first house. Okay, because that's the house from the whole house perspective that this Eclipse is going to be in. And then if you are... A November born, I suggest you additionally watch my eclipses in Pisces report because from the Placidus standpoint, some of you all may have this energy manifest in the 12th house um, in Pisces. So look for the eclipses in Pisces or 12th house, and that will give you a really good thorough look at many different lines of potentials of what this eclipse may manifest for you. Okay, so... Look at all this Taurus energy. Taurus energy opposes your sign. You can see from <laughs> everything we talked about, you already have this me, we, my stuff, our stuff thing going on, but you've got a lot of layers of it. But this can also manifest in working, you know, with someone on a project, finding new clients, going back to old clients. Since Mercury is in retrograde, there is this tilt to the past. Finding perfect helpers, you know, if you need an accountant or if you need a lawn person. This is the type of energy where if there's something that you need help with, you're more likely to find it. Okay, so that is something very positive about this time. I know that this has been heavy and I'm sorry about that, but, you know, I can't sugarcoat those potentials because it is a massive, um, a massive thing going on. And also having Pluto starting to... Um, affect your home and family and oppose your work and career, you might see major family changes and career changes, which again could be super positive. You know, they, they can run the gamut from very challenged to awesome. Maybe you've been wanting to move and maybe this, this energy combined with the eclipse, you know, the Pluto movement, uh, can help you to get that job you wanted in that place you wanted and then move and that could be a super positive thing. But do look out for home and family and work, career, mother, father topics uh, to come up in a big way. All right, so now let's look at the yummy stuff, okay? I've had enough of that heaviness, right? All of this energy is in water. Saturn, well, this is moving fast. Neptune is in water. It's been there for many years, so it's not as much of a, a, a new topic, but it is happening. And we've got Mars in Cancer and then Venus about to be in Cancer, right? So you've got this energy of trine, which is the most favorable aspect in all of astrology that is going to help you, right? So these planets are speaking the language of the heart, the language of depth. And this is going to be very harmonious for you. So there are going to be a lot of positive advances and these can have to do with your creative world. If you have creative passion projects that you've been wanting to work on or skills that you've been wanting to develop, let's say you love to play the guitar and you want to make music, 
things like that, or any other talents that you have, or even hidden talents can come out with this energy, especially because Saturn is here. Now, this is a big deal because Saturn had been busting your chops for years when it was in Aquarius and squaring your sign for years. And now you have Saturn trining your sign from 2023 to 2026. So this is like, yay, long term. This is new. That's why it's exciting to talk about now. But you do have this long term blessing. And the same people that are being more harassed by the um, the eclipses and Pluto are the ones. So basically October born, early November you all are getting more blessings from Saturn, okay? So, you know, there is a little bit of a a balance there. Now, if you're not in that zone, don't worry, this report is completely all for you. It's just, you know, there are some extra lines of resonance for, for those placements. So Saturn can help you to bring discipline to your craft and to compile or create something that was in the ethereal and bring it out into the tangible. All right. So let's say you've been working on a book in your mind. This can help you write it. Let's say you've been working on a fashion blog in your mind. This can help you to bring it out. Uh, let's say you've been working on getting into, you know, a college or professional athleticism of some sort or Olympic trials or something like that. This can help you do that. So Saturn represents the hard work and the discipline and the consistency. And this is now applied to your passions and to your, um, you know, your hobbies that can be turned into something. So that's very exciting. This is also the house of relationships, romance, children. So, you know, building the structure to make those things strong. And again, this is very long-term. Now this Venus and Mars thing, that's shorter term. Okay, so Mars, we're talking about a few months. Venus, we're talking about a little less than that. Although Venus is going to go into retrograde at some point, which we'll talk about because that that will be in July. By the time it does that, that's all going to be in Leo over here. So, so this Venus and Mars being together is a very harmonious um, situation. A lot of balance going on. And this is highlighting for you adventure, long distance travel, international business, language learning, teaching, publishing, writing, speaking, your general viewpoints. So there might be some more optimism that comes that can help to buoy you if any challenges come from the other things we talked about. You know, this is a really magical time when you're getting kisses from Venus. I called nice aspects kisses. You're getting kisses from Venus and Mars. Now, Mars is going to move into Leo this month. And when that happens, you will notice a very strong focus on 10th house things. Father, father figure, bosses, um, your work, your career, your employment. Having Mars there will help you to focus. It can be even obsessive. And you may find that you're very hot on focusing on that area of your life either through your internal impetus or something external that's going on. Since the month is going to be covered in retrograde, a lot of the actions that are being taken might be very well supported by looking to things from the past. Going back to a past employer to get a job, you know, going to um, 
a business idea that you had in the past, returning somewhere to see your father and try to make, you know, make things right uh, with him. Something like that. There's this tilt to the past. So let's talk a little bit about Mercury retrograde. Okay, so Mercury went retrograde April 21st. The shadow period started April 7th. Okay, so that's the, that's the, I always liken the shadow period before the retrograde, like slowing down and changing lanes to make a U-turn. So there's awkwardness, you know, things are getting bobbled around. That was happening. Then April 21st through May 15th is the actual retrograde. We're going to go a little bit more into the difference between how you align your energy and the retrograde and the direct time in a second, but I just want to give you the dates first. Okay, then May 15th, May 14th or 15th, depending on your time zone, Mercury will go direct. Expect extra chaos and disorganization and confusion in the dates around there. Like from the 12th, 12th through 18th or something, things get a little bit more dicey. And when I say dicey with Mercury retrograde, we're talking about mishaps with communication, devices, transportation, plan changes, confusion, not being able to see more than a step ahead of you, which is really April and most of May. Everything is very moment to moment. Then by May 30th, that's all clear. And we've got a brief shining window in June before Venus retrograde shadow period starts. If you want to have more details about the retrograde and direct calendar for the year, go to AnnieBAstrology.com. AnnieBAstrology.com. This is in the notes underneath the video or podcast too. Sign up for my exclusive content portal and you can see my 2023 planning calendar. And I go into all of the dates because Venus rules a lot of things. You can search for Annie Botticelli Venus Retrograde and find my video and lots of blogs on that, which we're going to dive very deeply into starting in June. But just to kind of know that you've got a little, a little period here in June for direct types of things. Okay, so as May progresses after the middle point of the month, we're going to be getting more clarity, getting more certainty, being able to make more plans, see more into the future, seeing how those eclipses are manifesting, you know, um, and all of that. So for the first half to three quarters of the month, you're really just going to be being the spider and dealing with what comes up rather than trying to deal with things over here or planning something or doing something in the future, like all the way over there just kind of being present in the moment, which is a great thing to do anytime. But there are times when it's easier and it's well indicated to do some future planning. This is not the time. Clearing out clutter, research, wrapping up loose ends. And when the confusion comes, just remember Annie said that was going to happen. You know, honor the flow and don't force. Things that are taken on at this time tend to be more short-term in nature or change kind of quickly. So it's good to know that going into it, if you have to make a deal or an agreement that you want to be longer term, see if you can put it off or make a bridge deal until you get into June, you know, especially the first couple of weeks where the energy is more clear um, to, to make your big launches, your big decisions, your big agreements, your investing, you know, moves that are your on your volition. Sometimes we can't help when we move, right? It just happens. Our lease is up. If that's, if there's something happening in the retrograde and you can't help it, don't worry about it. Just know that whatever plans you make might be shorter term than you think or change kind of rapidly. But, and things for you to conjure, if you're conjuring something in the retrograde, uh, you know, it's probably going to change soon. 
And then as you get towards the end of May into June, you'll have more clarity. It'll be easier for future planning and you'll have more oomph for pushing and initiating. One of my favorite manifestations of Mercury retrograde or any retrogrades really is last minute magic. So one of the big things that happens in Mercury retrograde, and if you track this for yourself, you'll see it, is plans change. So if you make a bunch of appointments, doctor's appointments, things for your kids, you know, you know, uh, meetings, meetings and things for your work or personal life, you're going to wind up spending half of the month rescheduling the blessed things that you did. So if you just don't schedule anything that's unnecessary for that time, it will save you from spending a massive amount of time on the phone and in emails trying to reschedule everything. If something has to be done, if something's pressing, is time sensitive, just do it. Don't worry about that. But if it's in your control, it doesn't matter for the timing. You know, like making all your family to teeth cleaning appointments. It might be better to do that in the early part of June. You know, like do that now before April 7th for the early part of June or something. And then it's easier to have it stick than if you're planning for this, you know, May time. And the less you schedule yourself, the more when the last minute magic comes in through someone inviting you to do something, you can say yes. We do have more sweet aspects compared to salty ones this month. Sweet aspects are the harmonious ones. Salty ones are the more stressful ones. So yes, our ratio is really good this month. So we've got that to smile about. And of the nice aspects, most of them are in water, air connections. So that is amazing for you as a water sign because that's going to connect more deeply for you. Now, if you like to have a write-up of all of the most you know, notable aspects and the written overview of the month, go to AnnieHelpsYou.com and sign up for my free email newsletter because that is where I do that whole write-up if you like the dates and what you can expect, etc. But I'll give you a couple here. One good one and one one to watch, okay? So May 12th and the days around that, Venus in Cancer is going to try in Pisces, Saturn in Pisces. And that can bring extra special blessings, beautiful connections, good money news, ethereal, dreamy, creative energy, and just sweetness and harmony. And then in the days around the 17th, look out for Jupiter square Pluto. Fortunately, if the outer planets have to come into a challenged configuration like this, when it's Jupiter, it's better. <laughs> really, it just tends to be better. So in this case, you just have to watch out for overreaching, overcommitting, you know, overtaking on things because then once, you know, the retrograde fog clears and the eclipse smoke dissipates and you have more clarity, things that you committed to, especially um, from an ego place or an ego battle or trying to prove yourself this Jupiter-Pluto square, you might have overcommitted and overstretched. So just watch out for that. If you love how I teach and you want to learn, go to loomlife.com, L-U-M-E life.com and see my Becoming a Professional Astrologer Mastery course. I also have free courses at loomlife.com, including an abundance course and a, or a couple of wellness courses. All right. And so the rest of these links you can see here all are lots of goodies. So Annie 
beastrology.com, Annie, the letter B, astrology.com is my exclusive content portal. I have my very detailed Saturn and Pisces report there and all kinds of other goodies. I also have several books that you can search for anywhere online or in major booksellers. Planetology, How to Align with the Natural Rhythms of the Universe. Radical Prayer, Transform Your Life in the World in 28 Days. And my spiritual novel, Tough Pill to Swallow. If you love beautiful astrology kissed blogs, then go to cozybysweetstarlight.com. I haven't been on camera lately, um, but here's a picture of me saying, have a wonderful month and I'll see you next month.